Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another Baseball America podcast. This is Carlos Colazzo. I'm joined by Kyle Glazer out there in California. We're about to break down some Arizona Fall League rosters. Kyle, how's it going, man? Doing all right, Carlos. It's uh, an exciting time. I, obviously, we're coming down the stretch here in Major League Baseball. Minor League season's wrapping up. Uh, showcase circuit on the amateur side and Cape Cod League. Summer Leagues are all finishing up. And uh, Arizona Fall League roster release is always kind of a fun day as well. It's, it's a fun time to be a baseball fan and especially a baseball writer. Yeah, definitely. I mean, people love the Arizona Fall League. Uh, we're going to go through this to kind of get you guys educated on the rosters, what to look forward to. Um, and I'm like probably many of you guys out there listening right now. I don't know a whole lot about these leagues. Kyle is on our minor league team minor league team at Baseball America. So he's following these guys and is well aware of them. So I'm going to be getting informed just like you are listening. Glad to have Kyle here to break it all down for us. I've been paying attention to the uh, USA Baseball 18U national team, which is actually in Korea right now. They just won their first game of that tournament of the World Cup, 11 to nothing. So I've been focused on that. But this is where the best prospects in baseball are for the most part. I'm sure there are a lot of exceptions here and there. But it's a loaded field, uh, and Kyle is here to break it all down for us. But before we jump into the specific rosters, Kyle, there are a few minor changes. Yeah, so the biggest change, obviously, is just when the fall league is taking place. In past years, it's been October and November. This year, it's now September and October. And the biggest reason for that was just kind of the continuity for the players. Uh, this was part of uh, something farm directors around baseball kind of recommended, wanted to see implemented, uh, and it was this year. So... The biggest thing is just the pitchers. Before you had pitchers, you know, throwing through, you know, September 1st or 2nd, uh, regular season of the minor leagues would end then. And then they'd Mm -hmm. be shut down for a month, six weeks, and then they'd have to kind of kick back up again. And a lot of farm directors, people on the player development side said, you know, we don't like this. We don't kind of like the kind of break. And then you have to kick back up and then you're shut down again. By doing this now, you're able to just kind of stay in the in the zone, if you will, in terms of being ready to pitch. And then it also makes for a longer offseason. It's less interruptions. You know, these guys, once they're done at the end of October, they have all November, all December, all January, and until they have to report in February to kind of just relax, as opposed to, again, last year or previous years, it was – all right, take a month off, but then you're going back up through the end of November, and then you only really have December and January. So just yeah. allows for greater continuity. 
And it seems like it's probably much better for pitcher health. I mean, I, I can't imagine it's good to go through a minor league season, regardless of how many innings you threw in that minor league season, shut everything down for a month, and then kind of rev back up to the Arizona Fall League. The fact that you don't have to kind of cool down, then warm back up. I mean, I don't know anything about all this to that extent, but it seems like that would be better for pitcher health. Yeah, and that's the bet a lot of the farm directors are making. And again, a lot of these guys, a lot of times they weren't completely shutting down. There was instructional league. They were kind of staying loose to kind of bridge the gap. But now a lot of teams have kind of stopped doing instructional league and just kind of made more sense for everyone. So the downside is obviously September's in Arizona are still extraordinarily hot. <laughs> I say that having been in Arizona for four years for college at Arizona State. And uh there's no cool down until, you know, the joke was if you make it to Halloween, you're fine. But even October 1st, I mean, it's still 100 yeah. degrees sometime at night in September. So before there used to be some games during the day, some at night, you kind of double up. Now, at least for the first month until October 1st, all games are night games. Um, and then they'll be back to the normal kind of doubling up schedule in October mm-hmm. where there's games in the afternoon. Then you can drive out and see a different game at night. So the scheduling's a little bit different just because of the heat. But again, I think big picture, this is something that a lot of teams wanted, a lot of player development uh, people wanted. And we'll see how it works. But I don't think there's going to be a tremendous drop off in performance or anything like that. It might even be a better performance. Well, awesome. Let's kind of jump into some of those guys that you're looking forward to seeing. I know there are a couple guys on Scottsdale, on the Scottsdale Scorpions that, that I've personally seen a little bit more. And I know you're excited to see as well. Yeah, no, I actually think Scottsdale is kind of the most interesting team. Now, they're not the most loaded team, but I think they're the most interesting team because they have the balance of guys who are really, really good, Mm -hmm. guys who are interesting sleepers, and some guys who, frankly, have some things to prove. I I think a lot of other teams have, you know, one or two of those things. Scottsdale is the team that I think just from a a storylines and interest perspective Mm -hmm. uh, is going to be one to watch. the Phillies and Giants in particular are sending really strong contingents out there. Uh, the Giants with Joey Barton, Elliot Ramos, the Phillies with Alec Bowman, Spencer Howard. Those are four top 100 prospects and four guys, I think, who have an argument to be in the top 50 of the top 100. Um, mm-hmm. Barton Ramos really played well for San Jose this year. Uh, Barton had a bit of an injury and, and it wasn't his best year numbers wise, but once his hand kind of got back to 100%, you really started to see the power and his, the performance at the plate that made mm-hmm. him the number two overall pick last year. Uh, and then Spencer Howard's also missed some time. So those two guys just kind of having a, you know, you know a more reps, if you will, in the fall, it'll be interesting to see. And both sides also have someone else to watch kind of blow the surface. Um, Tristan Beck, who the Giants acquired in the Mark Melanson trade, from the Braves uh, last month, uh, a really touted draft pick out of high school, went to Stanford because it meant a lot to him, struggled with injuries there, was taken in the fourth round, his stuff never really came back. Well, he got to San Jose, and in his first start, he was back showing 95-96 with a really good power curveball. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it's like, okay, that's the guy that people thought was going to be you know, a top two rounds pick, maybe even a first round pick once he got done with Stanford. And then Vicky Moniak, that is obviously a storyline Phillies fans are going to be following closely. Uh, number one overall pick from 2016. The reviews again this year have been very, uh, very mixed. Um, mm-hmm. Again, people continue to see more of like a fourth outfielder type. Uh, no one really sees a starter. So I, I think for me, the Phillies and Giants contingents are, are going to be the most fascinating for all those guys and, and some others as well. 
Gotcha. And anyone else that has anything to prove on this team uh, or anyone else that you look forward to seeing what they can do after maybe having a, a little bit of a struggle year? And there are some obvious guys, obvious top prospects here, but uh, it seems like you said it's a good mix of different different players. Yeah, and the, and the other guy with something to prove is, is Andres Jimenez with the Mets. He's going to be on this Scottsdale team. Uh, this is a top 100 prospect. Entered the year as the Mets' number one prospect, uh, even mm -hmm. ahead of Pete Alonso. And Jimenez just has not hit. Uh, you know, he's always been young for the level. He's, he's very young for double-A this year. Uh, but the concern is there's just not a lot of impact. You can project he's a smaller guy. And while we see some small guys mm -hmm. really hit, you know, I think back to when I saw Jose Altuve in A-ball, when I saw Ozzy Albies in the minors. They were small, but they were consistently squaring everything up. It was hard mm -hmm. line drives. It wasn't hard to project. You know, if they just get a little naturally stronger in their bodies, you know, make a tweak or two, some of those balls are going to start going over the fence. And even if they don't, they're going to hit for high average. Andres Jimenez just, for the most part, has not hit the baseball very hard. He's had flashes, mm -hmm. but on the whole, not what you want to see. And uh, this will be his second go around in the fall league. I saw him there last year. I think he's the guy on this team that probably has something to prove it. And if he has another really poor fall league showing, Mm -hmm. There's going to be a lot of talk this offseason about, is this really a top 100 prospect? Because a top 100 prospect is who are the 100 best future major leaguers in the minors. And if you can't impact the baseball, you're not going to be on that list. So yep. he's going to be the guy I'll be watching closely. No doubt. That's a good one to keep an eye on. Let's jump into uh, Glendale, the Desert Dogs. Seems like on this team as well, there are a lot of guys who are kind of trying to rebuild some stock after struggles this season. Uh, whether that's dealing with injuries or just performance on the field when healthy. Um, take us through this team and kind of the guys you're looking out for with Glendale. Yeah, this is kind of the, the all-bounce-back team, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, just look at the roster. It's like, this guy could use a good fall league. This guy could use a good fall league. This guy could use a good fall league. Um, mm -hmm. You know, El Harris Montero, top 100 prospect in the Cardinal system, third baseman. Uh, got pushed up to double-A pretty aggressively, really struggled. Uh, missed uh, two months with a broken hammock bone, wasn't performing mm -hmm. before or after. Uh, Jaron Kendall, who was a first-round pick of the Dodgers, repeating at Rancho Cucamonga this year. And he's finishing strong, but um, and, and he has looked a little better this year to last year. But that just means scouts last year saw a guy who wasn't on the 20 to 80 uh, scouting skills a hitter. Because keep in mind, a 20 is still a major league 20. That's a guy who hits, you know, a buck 80 in the majors and. Jerry mm -hmm. was hitting a buck 80 in high A, which would have been, you know, would have maybe hit 100 in the majors. He wasn't on the scale. Whereas this year, it's been a little better. He's now on the scale, but still 20. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, they want to see him improve. Then Blake Rutherford and Tristan Lutz, two guys that came out of the draft, very well known, and just really have not performed to the level expected of them offensively since coming out. So, again, this is kind of the fun, like, all right, you, know, you have four guys who are struggling. All four probably aren't going to figure it out, but if one does, I'll be interested to see who looks good here in the fall league and who maybe mm -hmm. shows signs of a turnaround. Yeah, I think two of the um, top guys on this team, at least on our top 100 right now, Dylan Carlson uh, with the Cardinals, who checked in at number 27, I believe, and then Jonathan India, Reds infielder at 52. So those will be two of the top prospects. A couple of Cardinals players here that are pushed pretty aggressively. Uh, in Carlson and then catcher Ivan Herrera as well has been a pretty productive catcher in the minors this year I think a 135 WRC plus uh, in the Midwest League I believe so a number of interesting prospects as well 
outside of the guys you mentioned looking for bounce backs. Anyone else you want to touch on? No, I mean, you hit those, those are some really good players. Herrera, especially, is a really good hitter. They want to see some defensive strides, uh, but mm. he's got all the tools. I think also you have guys like Mitchell White, Griffin Roberts, you know, the guy, other guys I mentioned who are kind of the, the all rebuilding their stock team, if you will, were all position players. Uh, Griffin Roberts was a high Cardinals pick last year. Uh, and then Mitchell White was once a top 100 prospect. He's battled injuries and inconsistency. So, uh, again, those are two other pitchers that I know I'll be watching closely to see how they mm-hmm. Where they are just kind of given everything and the bounce backs they're going to be trying to you know, kind of kickstart here. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Another one I'll mention just before we move on is uh, White Sox first baseman Gavin Sheets. Uh, had a pretty good second half at AA Birmingham this year uh, after probably a disappointing first full pro season. Um, so he's an interesting one to watch as well, just from my perspective, kind of a guy that was pretty famous coming out of the draft. Uh, the next team we'll jump into here is the Mesa Solar Sox. I know the Angels have a number of interesting prospects in this league, uh, and it's hard to not be interesting when you're the top prospect in the league. Um, Kyle, what do you have on the Solar Sox? I mean, Joe Adele is the number two prospect the headliner. in baseball, and he is the, uh, the top prospect in the fall league. Uh, this is a chance for him to come out and, and show the broader world, you know, what everyone saw at Inland Empire last year. Uh, this year he got hurt in spring training. So he's, he's going to be making up for lost at-bats, but mm-hmm. he's going out and, and raked in the Southern League. He's in AAA right now finishing up. So uh, this is this is going to be the hot ticket. If there's one player fans should make sure and go see in the fall league this year, it's Joe Adele. It, it could be pretty mm-hmm. jaw-dropping. Yeah, in addition to Joe Adele, I feel like, I mean, the, just the names in this team alone, it seems pretty loaded. I mean, maybe you have the best infield of any of the teams in the Arizona Fall League with guys like Nick Allen, Nico Horner, Nolan Jones, Isaac Paredes. Like, is there an infield that's as good as, as this one it seems to be on paper, at least? I don't think so. I think this is the best group of infielders in the Arizona Fall League, just uh, some of the guys who will be playing the dirt. Uh, and, and that's going to help make Mesa one of the strongest teams in mm-hmm. the league. Um, the pitching is, is, you know, it's not bad, but it's not the strength. This is a position player mm-hmm. heavy team. Um, and one of those infielders, and this kind of segues into to the other aspect here that I'm going to find fascinating, uh, Jemai Jones is another one of those mm-hmm. infielders and his teammate uh, in the Angels system at AA this year is Brandon Marsh. Jones mm-hmm. and Marsh were both top 100 prospects at one point. Uh, both have fallen out. Marsh's continued to hit really, really well here in AA, uh, particularly here at the end of the season. Um, and, and Jones as well has been through a lot of swing changes. He hasn't looked comfortable with a lot of them, but he's really turned it on here at the end of the year. So mm-hmm. uh, Marsh and Jones, you know, we talk about guys who, don't need to prove they belong to the top 100 well he's, here's two guys who did mm-hmm. dropped out and, and I think have a chance to show they belong to go back into the top 100 yeah no doubt Marsh and both Nick Allen actually dealt with uh, some ankle injuries during the year so it'll be good to kind of see them back on the field after having dealt with that throughout the season any other guys that you want to touch on real quick before we move on to uh, Peoria I mean, Isaac Paredes is also someone who was in our top 100. You mentioned mm-hmm. him earlier. Uh, he dropped out. But, you know, he, he's hitting well. He's holding his own well for a 20-year-old in AA. I'm going to be curious to see just kind of what he looks like. He, he's a bigger, thicker guy. The body's mm-hmm. all concerned people. But, you know, if you can hit, you can hit. So I think seeing how he does against some of the best pitching prospects in baseball in the fall league will be instructive as well. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's jump into Peoria. I think, at least from my perspective, just kind of looking at prospects 
status and seeing some of the guys on these teams, this team might have the most interesting player of any of the Arizona Fall League rosters, and that's Forrest Whitley. I mean, kind of the up and down that we've seen from him is kind of surprising to me. You just don't normally see that, I feel like. Uh, and so I'm sure a lot of people are going to be watching him, trying to answer a lot of questions that he's given them. What, what is kind of the deal with Forrest Whitley at this point, and what are you looking forward to seeing from him? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's back on the mound. Uh, the Astros shut him down uh, midseason. Uh, ostensibly, you know, officially, it was shoulder inflammation. In reality, anyone who is around will tell you that there's nothing wrong with his shoulder. He was just kind of, it was kind of a reset, you know, just yeah. get him out of there, kind of work with him on some things and try and help figure out what was wrong. He's come back, and it, it's been very, very mixed. It really hasn't been great, but there's been some flashes. So, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing with him is he looked great early in the fall league last year, and everyone got really excited. Uh, I saw him at the end, and, and I've written about this before, where, you know, he, he had a rough day. The stuff wasn't the same, and he was getting very, very frustrated with, you know, everything around him, whether it was mm-hmm. defense making mistakes, umpire not giving him some calls, and but, you know, again, it's just, hey, everyone has a bad day. Everyone has a bad start. You know, you don't go mm-hmm. crazy on it. But just talking to evaluators you saw this year uh, to begin the year and, and even more here toward the end as well, it was that just on a larger scale. The this, this stuff was down. The composure was down. It, it wasn't good. So mm-hmm. um, it's still a very young guy. You know, he's uh, he's turning 22 here uh, next month. He's he's already in AAA, so there's a lot of talent. Um, I think the question that I want answered, and I think everyone's answered is, you know, who's the real, will the real Forrest Whitley please stand up? Like, which guy mm-hmm. are you? And, yep. uh, you know, seeing what he looks like in the fall league this year, I just think will be instructive toward answering that question. Yeah, no doubt. Obviously, a year he wants to put behind him. He went three and seven with a 7.8 ERA, 83 strikeouts, 43 walks, and 57 innings. Uh, not the greatest year. But moving on from Whitley, uh, this is a, still a, another loaded roster. I feel like probably to, to most people, when you're just looking over these rosters, they all seem loaded to some extent. Uh, but this one in particular has a couple really interesting players. Jared Kellenick obviously has been outstanding since he came out of the draft. One of the most exciting hitters in the league for me personally. Uh, and then another guy in Julio Rodriguez who might be more famous than he is at this point just kind of because of the fact that he missed some time. Uh, this season but um, who are some other guys uh, that you're interested on this roster I imagine those two are kind of headlining that list yeah they are this is where Peoria has the argument for most loaded team in the fall league because they have the most top end talent Mm -hmm. Uh, mentioned Forrest Whitley Jared Kalanick has obviously had a really really good year his first year at the Mariners system after coming over from the Mets and the Robinson Cano Edwin Diaz deal but Julio Rodriguez, I mean, that's the guy that everyone is going to want to see the most in the fall league, uh, unless you live in West Virginia mm-hmm. or Modesto, California. And I'm telling you, not many people live in those two locales. Uh, it's been hard to see Julio Rodriguez this year. Uh, it was a huge international signing. Really, you know, got off to a nice start, but then got hurt early in the year. Uh, but ever since he's been mm-hmm. back, he has been – I mean, scouts are texting me. They're texting Josh Norris, my colleague. They're letting everyone know, hey, go see this kid. This is a must-watch player. He's 18 years old. Mm. He is crushing right now up in the Cal League. <laughs> uh, he's, he's probably the guy, I would say, that evaluators and, and those of us who cover prospects 
are probably most excited to see. And I, I use the word excited carefully because look, we're professionals. This is a job. Mm-hmm. There's no bias. There's no favoritism. Hey, um, you can be excited about your job, Kyle. Come on. Well, exactly. You know, but at the same time, this is, you know, it's always good to see talent. You enjoy seeing talent mm-hmm. and especially talent that you've heard yep. about and you haven't had a chance to see really. And I think Julio Rodriguez, mm-hmm. um, that that's the guy most people are excited to see. Now, look, he's 18. It's going to be completely understandable if this league is a struggle for him. But um, mm-hmm. there's a huge, huge level of talent in there. And this is going to be an interesting chance to see how much of it can come out against older competition. No, no, it's going to be fun. I mean, we haven't even touched on guys like Luis Campisano, Jaron Duran, Brian Mata. I mean, this is, like you said, it's a loaded roster. Yeah, yeah. You know, Camposano had a really good year. He's on pace to win the California League batting title as a as a catcher, as a 20-year-old catcher at that. Uh, Jared Duran was flirting with 400 earlier in the year, got promoted double-A. Even some guys like Marcus Wilson, Hudson Potts, uh, Jeremy Pena, like mm-hmm. these are the second-level prospects on this team are still really good. I think the second-level prospect mm-hmm. on this team would be better than the top prospects on, on Surprise, which we'll get to in a second. O'Neill Crew is another top 100 prospect to miss time with injury. I mean, this is a really, really good team. And, and I think if someone wanted to argue that this was the best team in the fall league, I would mm-hmm. not fight them. Yeah. Well, awesome. We'll definitely check out Peoria if you guys are uh, heading out to the Arizona Fall League to catch some games. Uh, there is no lack of talent. Check out Peoria is not a sentence a lot of people ever say, but in this case, it makes sense. <laughs> There you go. Uh, Salt River, the Salt River Raptors. Let's get into them. Um, Royce Lewis, probably one of the bigger, bigger names on this list, along with Alex Kirilov and Victor Victor Mesa. Uh, what's the story with Salt River this year, Kyle? So we talked a little bit earlier just about how Glendale has a lot of guys trying to rebuild their stock a little bit after injuries or uh, struggles this season. Salt River has that uh, to, I think, another level. Uh, Royce mm-hmm. Lewis, you know, number one overall pick two years ago, just did not hit this year uh, at any level. And talking to evaluators, there's not a lot of conviction he will hit at higher levels. And that was the concern of him coming out of high school, that, hey, we love the kid, we love the athlete. Will he hit? It was mixed. Uh, mm-hmm. And so this will be – Big for him. He looked really good at the Futures game uh, with the bat, both in BP and the game itself. So you know it's in there. But being able to sustain that over, in this case, it'll be a six-week season, that's going to be very, very interesting to see for a lot of people. Um, Alex Kirilov also, you know, another guy that people had high expectations for could really, really hit. Well, uh, got hurt to start the year and, uh, you know, didn't have a bad year, but by no means was it, the kind of year you you hoped for or people I think maybe were mm-hmm. expecting out of someone who's considered this, you know, supreme, supreme young hitter. It was not that level of a year. Mm-hmm. So I think for those two twins, you know, they're both still top 25 prospects in baseball. No one's jumping ship yet, but they do have some things to show in the fall league and it'll be a good test for them again against, you know, some of the best pitching prospects in baseball. Yeah. No doubt. There are a couple other interesting guys here. Um, Arizona has some interesting players and infielder Geraldo Perdomo. I think Seth Beer will be interesting as well after acquiring him the Zach Greinke trade uh, from the Astros. I mentioned Victor Victor Mesa. There's Ray's outfielder Josh Lowe. 
Marlins infielder Jose Devers. There are just a number of interesting names just kind of on paper that are fascinating to me. Uh, any of those guys intrigue you in any different ways, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, you know, Victor, Victor Mesa, you want to talk about bad years and bad scouting reports. It's it's hard to top, you know, Victor, Victor Mesa. I mean, there was, this was not a good year, but, you know, a lot of guys, their first year coming over from Cuba can be a struggle. So I mm-hmm. think what he looks like will be instructive. Uh, Colton Walker was, you know, a top 100 prospect at one point. Um, the concern was the power. Uh, he showed some earlier in the year. And then stopped mm-hmm. showing it. And then he missed a month with a left shoulder strain. He's come back now. So just kind of seeing where he's at will be uh, instructive. Um, and that raise contingent, you hit on Josh Lowe and also Ronaldo Hernandez, Shane Boz, Tanner Walls. The mm-hmm. Rays are the number one system in Baseball America's organization talent rankings right now. Uh, and they're sending a pretty good group of guys. So uh, just seeing where all, they're at, where all, that, where all of them are at. Uh, you know, Ronaldo Hernandez and Josh Lowe both showed some good things this year and some mm-hmm. less good things. So I think those two, you know, and where they are will, will help determine as well where the Rays are. And they'll help determine, you know, going into next year, if they're still number one in the, the farm system rankings. Uh, having Wander Franco at mm-hmm. the top is obviously always going to keep you pretty high. But, you know, they need some depth to, to be above the Padres. And seeing how this depth performs the fall league, Shane Boz, you can throw in there as well. Again, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting and instructive. Gotcha. All right, we got one more roster to get through. That is the surprise Seguros, Seguros, Suaros. I'm mispronouncing that. Um, and we're ending on a little bit of a light note, Kyle. Sadly. Yeah. So uh, this is this is the lightest roster at the fall league by far. Uh, doesn't mean there aren't some interesting guys. Uh, you know, Luis Garcia with the Nationals. Carlos, you do their system for the handbook for us. I mm-hmm. uh, got pushed to double A, uh, was 18 to start the year. He's 19 now. and Yeah, uh, so young for that league. Yeah, extremely young. You know, so you want to give him a pass. I, I think where there's maybe some disappointment is you wanted to see at least some growth during the year. And that didn't really happen. Uh, he, he looked like he was trending up a little bit. I believe it was a really good June he mm-hmm. had. And then since then, it's just kind of been blah again. So mm-hmm. I think that's where you, you want to see more. Uh, and again, he'll still be really young, even for the fall league. Mm-hmm. That's the top prospect on this team. Um, you know, you've got some guys like Ryland Bannon and Dean Kramer with the Orioles. Uh, they were part of the Manny Machado trade return last year. Uh, you know, they both have a future potentially with the Orioles. Uh, neither is, you know, franchise players, but, you know, they're mm-hmm. out there. Uh, the or the Royals, uh, Brewer Hicklin and Kyle Isbell, two kind of uh, underrated outfielders in their system who mm-hmm. top 10-round draft picks. So, again, there's some guys here, but you look at the roster for the most part, it's, it is very, very, very light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another guy who kind of just intrigues me is Royals left-hander Daniel Lynch. He was obviously a guy whose stock kind of blew up a few weeks before the draft um, when he was selected in, in that big college pitching class that the Royals took. Um, and then after missing a couple months with discomfort in his arm, he's going to be back. Uh, so I'm curious to see kind of where his stuff is at because he's a guy who obviously with, with that ticked up stuff that he showed – uh, in his early pro career, I mean, he elevated his stock significantly. And a left-hander with kind of his pitching ability uh, and that pure stuff is fascinating. I'll be curious to see what he's throwing like this this fall. Yeah, he uh, he definitely elevated his stock, both 
prior to the draft and then in the weeks after the draft, the stuff he was showing uh, mm-hmm. when he first got to Kansas City. He jumped onto the top 100 this year, and, and he is the uh, top-ranked prospect on this team. And we mm-hmm. all know the Royals need pitching a lot of it. Uh, like you mentioned, that college pitching draft, uh, Brady Singer, Jackson Coar, Chris Bubich, Daniel Lynch. Uh, Lynch mm-hmm. is, is, you know, one of the highest ranked in their system. He's, he's number two behind Kowar and seeing what he looks like, uh, you know, six, six left-hander with stuff is always a, a nice place to start. So mm-hmm. he's, he'll, he'll be the guy to watch on this team, but the days he's not pitching, uh, this is a team you probably are going to, you're going to, going to want to go see the other team. And if you happen mm-hmm. to see these guys in cross coverage, like, cool. That's that's pretty much the way to treat this team. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest fans go buy tickets for this team like I would uh, Peoria <laughs> or or, uh, or some of the other teams, Peoria or Mesa. Those are the two teams. Yeah. That, hey, go buy a ticket. Gotcha, gotcha, Kyle. Well, thank you for breaking us down. Uh, are there any final remarks you have on the league as a whole, or anything you want to uh, to get out there? You know what? Just the Arizona Fall League is always a lot of fun. Um, I always, you know, recommend people getting out there, going to see some of these guys. It's a great environment to watch some games. Um, mm-hmm. October will be cooler than uh, September, but uh, <laughs> it's always a good time. And, and I always, you know, tell people if you get a chance to go, definitely go. It's tickets are still pretty cheap, and uh, again, it's a good way to see a lot of talent in and in all the same all the same field together. Yeah, no doubt. Well, thank you, Kyle, for breaking it all down. Uh, thank you guys for listening. As always, uh, I believe we still have our uh, Labor Day deal on our Baseball America subscriptions on the site going on right now. That's rare for us. I don't know that I've ever been around while we've had a discount on our subscriptions. So you guys should definitely take advantage of that while you still can. There's a lot of exciting stuff to sign up for. Um, I know I just had the uh, college national team top prospects released earlier this week. So if you want to get a head start on uh, what looks to be a very deep college class in the 2020 draft, check that out. Teddy Cahill has been rolling out the Cape Cod League top prospects. And I think next week, a little preview, we're going to be updating our high school and draft lists. Um, So definitely take advantage of that while you can. Kyle, anything you want to plug before we sign off and get out of here? Well, we're working on a minor league player of the year feature that'll be coming out here next week. So Everyone will know who the uh, 2019 Baseball America Minor League Player of the Year is. Going to have uh, minor league all-star teams, classification all-stars, all the year-end stuff, and then league top 20s where, you know, rank the top 20 prospects in every minor league. That's going to be, you know, 300 or so uh, scouting reports. And then we jump into top 10 season. So now is definitely the time to subscribe, uh, whether you're into you know, the amateur side, the pro side. This, this is the time to do it. Yep. Definitely. Well, thank you, Kyle. Thanks again to all the listeners. Uh, We really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to uh, give us a listen. But uh, until next time, for Kyle, I'm Carlos Colazzo. See you later, everybody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.